0: And this is our holiday edition of Talking Pictures, a weekly review of movies and film. Here with a brand new release that's sure to become a Christmas classic is our resident film guru, Professor Film Encyclopedia Brown. Ho, 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 how you doing out there? And here to unwrap and... Iconic blast from the past that rocketed a mop at to stardom. (laughs) We have a a must-have for everyone's Christmas library. It's remarkable, Mr. Ron Atkins. Ooh, baby, it's cold outside. (laughs) Film, kick it off. Well, gee, okay. uh, You set it up well. This is Violent Night uh, with uh, a great cast, but David Harbour uh, plays Santa Claus, and he is Santa Claus. David Harbour of Stranger Things. Yes, and he uh, starts off with him uh, sort of a down and out. He's sort of doubting himself. He doesn't believe in himself. You know, The whole point of Santa Claus films often is, do you believe in Santa Claus? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it's also important that Santa Claus believes in himself. Oh, okay. So it starts off in this pub in England, and... And he's sauced. He's just drunk as all get out. <laughs> and he's having—he's talking to another guy who plays a Santa Claus, okay, at like a mall or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're having a conversation. And he go, oh, you know, well, what brings you to do this, you know, and so on. And he's like, I don't know why I do it anymore, you know. It's all – all they want are uh, DVDs and video games and cash. And it's just all greed and things like that. This might be my last year. So the whole thing sort of spills out from there, okay, of him trying to, well, get through this last Christmas Eve or not and uh, trying to maybe find reasons to believe in himself and the power of what he is. It's, it's a, okay, violent night. Yes, it's a very violent night. Okay, uh, what we have here is basically a home invasion film. We have a John Wick film and we have uh, Home Alone. Okay, uh, wow. thrown in here. Uh, he uh, goes out and starts delivering packages, and he comes to this gated, uh, what, rich guy's home, rich people's home, the uh, Lightstone home. And what's going on there is is that they're being invaded by a bunch of people who are there to rob them that night of $300 million or something like that. Whoa. And Santa stumbles into this. Okay, and the family is held hostage. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the lead uh, hostage keeper is played by John Leguizamo, okay? who? Oh, John Leguizamo. He does a great job. He plays Scrooge. That's his <laughs> name in the film. Oh, and he that. himself has all kinds of issues about Christmas and about being disappointed in Christmas when he was a little kid and so on. Um, what you have here is, uh, uh, takes uh, a muggle. You think about Santa in films. Okay, numbers of ways that they are depicted. I mean, we have sort of the the lovable deliverer, you know, 'twas the night before Christmas type of Santa, right? Sort of the stereotype of uh, uh, keeping a list, and uh, he sort of uh, doles out uh, punishment and reward which is played through in here because you he always is pulling out his scroll, magic scroll. is the, Are they on the naughty list or not? And, of course, all of the guys in the terrorist group are on the naughty list. So they you got figure got this wrong yeah. list going on. And he, he's continuously uh, referring yeah. to that. Likewise, you have the idea that Santa, well, something has maybe happened to Santa, and you have to find a replacement for Santa or something. You maybe have to become the replacement for Santa yourself, like in Santa Claus uh, mm-hmm. type of things. That kind of leads in here, too, is, you know, if he's going to go down as not being Santa, who's going to take his place? We also have the bad Santa type of (laughs) incarnation. He's really kind of a bad Santa. I mean, he really gets (laughs) messed up in this. And he's very much also, uh, well, bringing in the homestalker, the invader, brings in another type of Santa, the demented Santa, like in Black Christmas, Mm -hmm. uh, like in uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which I just caught again this last weekend, where he is continuously Billy, if you remember Billy, uh, dressed as Santa, keep killing people. Naughty, you're you're, you're naughty, (laughs) right? Well, that keeps running through this film. Um, It is incredibly violent, incredibly bloody, okay, Uh, but very funny, okay. Uh, I I would say. get ready for this it's got some other interesting people in here uh, uh, Beverly D'Angelo oh wow is in this and she pl- plays Gertrude she's sort of the matriarch of the family and so on because this family that they bring together they basically hate each other you know it's that typical rich family and I'll bring them together into the into the living room and uh, uh, th- there they hold them hostage and they just turn on each other uh, right and left <laughs> uh, the film uh, has lots of references to other types of films too. Die Hard 2 and all of the, the, the Die Hard films are referenced in here. Likewise, uh, it kind of reminds me of, uh, of another set of films that are just the, the monstrous Santa. Monstrous Santa. But he's a monstrous Santa with a mission. He's not like your demented, like, cannibal claws. Yeah, Santa. okay. <laughs> Santa's <laughs> which is, time right, is coming out. Right, right, or uh, Which, see, cannibal claws is being shown at film scene, okay, tonight. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, at 10 o'clock. So if you want to see the monstrous <laughs> Santa. Uh, but here we have Santa as superhero, uh, who I'm not going to tell you whether he does learn to find value in himself, but he does through, if he, uh, the means to do that is a little girl, Trudy, who is basically your Home Alone cabin type of character, who sets up booby traps throughout the house to to also capture these guys. So very comic in one mode, uh, very savage in other modes, very John Wick in mode, like how much more can this Santa take uh, <laughs> in his, uh, you know, uh, the blows and whatevers that occur to him, but Uh, Very enjoyable film, Uh, and uh, I I recommend it uh, as be prepared. It it is in bad taste in places, and it uh, is very, uh, well, over the top. But it's a great heist film. All right, a big thumb up for Yes, Trudy, There Is a Santa Claus. (laughs) Ron, tell us about
1: this classic. Well, my first question is, if this house had $300 million in petty cash lying around, why was Santa Claus even bothering to go there to give them?
0: anything? <laughs> well, it's, yes, it's a kind of a secret.
1: Yeah, there we are. I am a big fan of anything cheesy, and there's nothing cheesier at the holidays than that perennial classic that you can now watch on KTS pretty much anytime you like. Yes, this week. Yeah, this week. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, a 1964 sci-fi comedy, and I put a little parenthesis In parentheses, I put a little question mark behind comedy. Um, Directed by Nicholas Webster. And it's from a story by Glenville Maroth. And I would love to have been in the room when he wrote this story. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to do that. This film is panned from North Pole to South Pole. And has been a frequent feature of movie parody shows. But it has really received a strong cult following. um, To the point where it's become a holiday...
0: Tradition for a yeah. lot
1: of for a lot of households, partially due to the aforementioned roastings that it gets from Mystery Science Theater three thousand, Rift Tracks, O'Virus movie, Macabre, mm-hmm. kind of keeps it in the public eye. That and the fact that you can't go through a bargain bin right now and not find a copy there. <laughs> <Yes, sir. laughs> I won't divulge too much of the plot for fear of spoiling the uh, viewing experience, but it does revolve around the serious theme of the dangers of too much television. The Queen and King of Martians are angry because their two kids watch too much Earth TV, and they think all them stories about Santa Claus is rotting their brains. And so they kidnap Santa, and they have a hard time finding Santa because there's so many walking around this time of year. Santa's got a lot of helpers <laughs> that you know help out, but he finally they finally hone in on him and teleport him and two Earth children who at the time were hugging him, you know, up to up to Mars. To set them straight. And in a plot of similar pacing to a Tom Baker Doctor Who episode, where they go from place to place and not much happens Mm -hmm. throughout, the spirit of Christmas prevails. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Now, malign this film all you like, but it does have some historical cachet. It was the first screen appearance of 10-year-old Pia Zadora. Mm Mm-hmm. As Gurmar, the Martian girl. And you know how she rocketed to fame from this. This was such a oh, yes. launching pad for her. Yep. And then. For a while. Yeah. And then, like a Roman candle, <laughs> boom, done. <laughs> and it was also the first on screen appearance of a character of Mrs. Claus. It, uh, she was played by Doris Rich. And it beat out Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by three weeks in terms of release mm-hmm. because Rudolph had Mrs. Claus, too. Yes. And they kept saying, well, well, this is the first time you ever hear about Mrs. Claus. No, friends. Let's go back to this one, and you'll see who really has the historical uh, uh, marker, presence <laughs> and marker. Now, the other big thing that it was kind of in its favor is at the time, critics hated it. Everybody went to see it. It made a ton of money, and the only thing I can, you know, attribute to that is that everybody loves train wrecks. You know, everybody <laughs> loves to see something bad because you know either yeah. they like to find the good parts or um, they just like to watch bad, yeah. and that's me. I like to watch bad, and there are a lot of interesting parts in here. And I can see where the director was really having kind of fun with this. Mm -hmm. But uh, Phil, you are the resident expert.
0: I remember uh, when it came out; it was one of those kitty matinee type of things, Mm -hmm. and everybody Mm -hmm. was like going out to see that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think the film holds up pretty well as a piece of trash. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and that's what and that's say said with affection.
1: Yeah. 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 Because sometimes. Those kind of movies, you know, hold a dear place in your heart. Like you said, from the matinees, like the Toho Godzilla films are the reason why I like Godzilla, Mm. because every Saturday that, you know, Mm -hmm. Godzilla versus the smog monster, because you know, same thing with this At, at the holidays, it would show up.
0: Yep, yep. What, what, what you think of uh, associated with your Christmas holiday and what films. I think of the James Bond films as well because often they had a big double bill uh, going out there uh, oh. that you could go to. We always went to on a Christmas Eve and I remember oh. my parents taking it down there and seeing Thunderball and uh, Goldfinger and so on. Wow. So that, to me, again, another uh, remembrance of Christmas through, well, not a Christmas movie, but it's Christmas.
1: yeah. yeah. So I give Santa Claus Conquers the Martians two thumbs up with a big cheesy
0: grin. Yep. And I'm not sure if Violent Night is yet maybe a cult uh, favorite uh, in the future, but it could be, Mm -hmm. because it's a new direction for Santa, for sure. (laughs) Thank you so much, folks. Tell us about your Christmas movie memories. Our email address (laughs) is talkingpics at kcck.org. For Professor Phil Brown and the remarkable Ron Atkins, and all of us here at KCCK, happy holidays.